Begin the current daf. Sechta Begin on the second line down for the top of the Yomad, where the Gemara continues the discussion from the previous stuff. And the Gemara had brought an incident regarding an individual that signaled, that showed the authorities, people that were stealing the pile of wheat of the household of the Rish Galusa. So Rav Nachman made that person liable to compensate the house of all the Rish Galusa, that because of him, his wheat was taken away. So the question that was asked to him was, is that a knas? Is that a penalty that you're penalizing the individual? Or is that a real halacha, a real din? So Rav Nachman said, what do you mean? It's the halacha of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said in the previous daf that in Machmas HaGazlan, if the guy's field was stolen by these masikin because of the robber, so then he has to go ahead and give him a new field, which the Gemara had explained, as we had explained in the previous Gemara's discussion, that all he did was is what we're calling the Gazlan. He didn't actually steal this guy's field. He just pointed out to these guys, hey, that's a great field to steal. And therefore, because of him, as the Halach of Garmi, he caused indirectly that person's field should be taken. Therefore, he's liable to compensate that individual. Now, then the Rav Yasev asked Rav Hunabachi, who had asked this question to Rav Nachman, he said, what's the difference to you? Why do you have to know if it's a din or a knas? What's the difference? Either way, the guy's liable. So he said that if it's a din, if it's a halacha, a law, so you could learn out from that, that in general, that the halacha would be about somebody that's an informer, that you could make him liable. But if you say that it's a knas, it was just a penalty that was levied against him, let's say because Rav Nachman held that this guy was accustomed to doing this and we wanted to put in certain protective measures, so then you can't learn now from the halach of a knas, something that's a penalty, which is not, we see the antecedent and the consequence where it's, it's, it's case specific that we want to penalize the individual, you can't learn now from that. And therefore, it was important for him to know that it was a real din, not just a knas. Now that's why Gemara continues and says, From where do we know this premise that he was telling him that, oh, it makes a difference if it's a kanas or a din, because a kanas you can't learn out. Where, do where does he know this from? Where do you know that you cannot learn out halacha from a penalty? So the Gemara says, The originally that the Chacham had said that Hamitame, if someone ritually makes tame, someone else's Tyrus, stuff which are pure. And if he makes it Tameh, or Vahamanasach, if someone takes someone else's wine and he pours it for idol worship. Now, although here in these two cases, both things are still here, the thing that was became Tameh, it still looks the same. When he poured it for Avedizar, the wine still looks the same. And the, the, the damage is not recognizable. However, he has to pay for it, because although it's a Hezek Shein and Nicker, but that's the, the Knas that we penalize him, because although it might not be considered damage, because it's not recognizable, but we don't want people to actually, but it is causing a damage to that person because he can't drink anymore the tire, the, the, the tires that became tummy, or the, of course, what became Avidizara, which was point for Avidizara, for sure he can't have any benefit from it. So that was the Rabbanan made a knas for, that you have to compensate. Says the Brice, They then went and included another case in where they penalized the person who did this to have to compensate, if someone mixed together someone's chulun with truma, which now he lowered the value of that unconsecrated produce, the chulun, because now it's only fit to sell this whole mixture to kahanim, because it has truma mixed in, and the only ones that can eat truma are kahanim. That's the halacha lebrisa. Says the Gemara, chazru in. It sounds like only because they went and then they went back and included midamea. That's why it was included in the penalties of having to compensate if you do that to someone else's produce. But if they wouldn't have gone back, we would not have learned out the halach of midamea from a nasich and midtame. It would not have been included in the penalty of having to compensate. 
Now, my time, what's the reason? Why wouldn't we learn it out? Isn't it the same thing? They're all the same concept where it's a hezek and it's not recognizable the damage, but there is essentially a, 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 a physical, a, a spiritual damage over here, meaning that the person now can't eat it even now. It's a monetary loss. So why wouldn't you be able to learn that out from that? It's the same principles. La Mishun de Knasu isn't it because these halachas are penalties because they're not actual monetary damage because the, the physical object is this, still the same thing. And the Knasu obviously because when it comes to Knas, you can't learn out from one halacha from Knas from another halacha of Knas. Now Tesla just points out, but then why actually if they're all Knas, why would it have been that originally they had only made it on Metamea Manasach and not on Metamea? And that's a taste of what you can say is that a lot of times we find in Shas that Cham made a certain Gezerah or Knaz based on the incident that happened. They said, oh, and now they made a Gezerah around that. So it could be it happened that once someone took his, someone else, his friend's things of Tyrus and made a Tummy. And another time he went and he did Nisuch. So therefore the Chacham made a Gezerah B'Shas Maisa when it happened, but there never had happened an incident with Medamea. And therefore, if they would not have gone and then included Medamea, therefore they would never have made that Gezerah in the first place. But one thing that you see is that you can't learn out the Knas of Medamea from the Knas of Metamea Manasich. So it's like, well, no, no, it's not a proof. Because you could say a different interpretation. You could say that in the beginning, the reason why they didn't include Midameya, they only had Midameya Menasech, is because the reason why they made Gezeris for Hezek, Shein, and Nikar was for things of large losses. When there's Nisuch, then it's totally a loss because you can't have any benefit from things that were for idols. And even by being Metame Truma, that was Tar, now it's Tame, that's a large loss because now you can't, you can't eat anymore that Truma became Tame. You could use it to burn it as firewood, but you can't use anything else for it. That's a huge loss. But in the beginning, they had thought, but for a small, minor loss, that they weren't so concerned for. And Medamea is only a small loss because it still could be sold in the marketplace for Kahanim. They still want to buy it it's for the value of Truma, which is less than Chulim because it has a lower demand because it's a sh- smaller market, but it's, it's not such a large loss. And therefore, they didn't include Medamea in the beginning. Then at the end, they thought that to be concerned also for a small loss, and that's why they ended up including Medamea, but not because you can't learn that Medamea from Metamea Menasech, not because you can't learn that Kanas from Kanas, maybe it's just because they thought that it shouldn't be included, and then they said that no, even the small loss should be included in this penalty. Now the Gemara asks on this interpretation of the Brisa that it shouldn't be difficult, that, that in other words, that it shouldn't be a proof for what the Gemara was, was trying to prove the assumption that you can't learn, you can't learn Kanas from Kanas, that no, it's not about because you can't learn it from Kanas, but rather because it's a, it's a, it's only was a small loss, and therefore they thought not to include it. Is that really so? But the father of Abba taught a b'risa, and you see from his interpretation of this halacha that it's not because of a hefsin mu'it we thought not to include. Because he says a different version. It says, In the beginning they had said, Which ones did we penalize? By the case of being Metame, the guy's truma that's tar, and Medamea mixing his truma with his chulun. Then they ended up including also the case when the guy took his, his friend's wine and poured it for Avedazar. So again, the inference is Chazurin, only if they had gone back to include it. Yes, had they not gone back to include it, they would not have learned the Allah of Menasach, even though the loss of Menasach is much bigger than Medame and Metame. 
because they're considered minor in regards to Menasech, because Menasech is total loss, it can't have any benefit. At least by Metama you could use it for fuel, and Metama you could even sell it for Kahanim. So my timer, what's the reason why you would not have learned Menasech, which are huge laws, and for sure we should penalize from the case of Metama and Metama? La Mishram, isn't it because, says the Gemara, the Legerminim Knesset, to prove the point we wanted to say, because you cannot learn that from Halachas of Knesset, even if, let's say, you would say it's a Koshikin. I think Mar says, no, it's no Lanaraya. And you could say, even according to this version of this Brysa of Avud Rabavan, that in the beginning the Tana thought the Chacham held like Rabavan. At the end they held like Rabavan. What does that mean? So the Gemara explains. In the beginning they held like Rabavan. The Amr Rabavan Rabavan said, If someone on Shabbos throws an arrow, meaning a distance of four Amas in Rishasarab. Which is the Malacha Dairaisa of Haitsa, which a person is Chayev Skila for. Now, Vikarashi Roy in Bahalikhasa. Now, it tore silk during its journey when it was being thrown in those four Amas. It tore silk. Says Rabab in Potter, the guy who threw the arrow on Jabbis is exempt from paying the guy who damaged his silk garment. Why? The Malacha Vaitsa has two primary components. You have to do Akira, which is you have to lift it up from where it originally is, and has to have a nokh, has to then land in a certain area. Now, if it doesn't have either one of that, you didn't do the Malach So the Akira, the, the journey, is for the purpose, is part of the element of the nokh, of where it lands, to it's all one big Malach of Haitzah. Now, since in the middle of that Akira to the nokh, it's when it tore that silk, so it comes out, that the Isr Malach of and the act of ripping someone else's garment was happening at the same time. Now, what that means to say is, so what, why would we think otherwise? We don't say that when it tore the garment, then you were liable for money. But the death penalty was only when the arrow landed, because up until it lands, you didn't yet do and commit and fulfill the Malach of to be Chai for the Misa. <clears throat> that says Rebbe no. Since the Akira is necessary for the Anacha, we view it as one long action. And therefore, he's liable for the death penalty during that whole thing. So then we, we utilize what's known as Kimle Bidramine. That you can't be Chayv for the uh, Isser of Shabbos and also be Chayv for the Chayv Maman. So you'll be exempt from the Chayv Maman. So therefore, here also, it would be the same thing. When the guy picks up his friend's wine for the purposes of pouring it into Zara, essentially, that picking up is for the necessity of the Hanukkah of pouring it for the Nisachayayin. So it comes out that the liability of the money that you're making this guy lose with his wine and the Chiv Misa of Zara are happening at the same time. So that's why, originally, the Chacham held that Minasich would not be included in the penalty. Because you can't, because it's Kim Lebedramine. Because you're Chayv for the Misa of Zara, so you can't be Chayv for the lesser penalty of Maman. But at the end, when they included it, again, not because they thought you can't learn a knas from knas, and that's why it wouldn't be them included. No, it wouldn't have been included because of Kim and Then why did they include it then at the end that Menasach is something that you're moment for? Because at the end, they held that no, the logic of the mechanics of this malacha is like a Biyamiya. Because the Amr Biyamiya, Biyamiya says, Mishas you know. The moment someone picks up someone else's thing, he already acquired it with what's called Kinyan Gizel. He already stole it then. So Chayv Leimam, and at that moment, he already became liable for the monetary penalty. The liability for the death penalty is only when he ultimately pours it, 
and therefore it's that's why they said that you could be liable for the money and still have the Chiv Misa for doing the Nisach of the Zara. And therefore, again, so there's no Raya to say what the Gemara had assumed, that he said that I, I had to know if it was a Knas or a Din, this halacha of Rav Nachman, because a Din you can learn it from a Knas, you can't learn it from, the Gemara says there's no proof to that premise that he was basing it on, you don't see anywhere that you can't learn out a Knas from a Knas. Now the Gemara continues the theme of the previous daf, which was mentioned this idea in the Mishnah already, regarding somebody that, informs the authorities or thieves regarding someone else's things and because of him that guy's thing is confiscated that then he's going to be liable so the Gemara brings many different illustrations of this halacha Rav Yehuda iklu he went to this place and Asla Kamei Derava came in front of Rav over there so Amalei said to Rav did you have any interesting stories that happened to you recently? so Amalei said yes there was such an incident that came to me Yisrael Shansu there was a Jew that was forced by idol worshippers, and he showed his friend's money to them, and because of him, then they took away this, his friend's stuff. And Baliyad, he came to me, and they held him liable for what he had done. So Amalei, Rav Yehuda said to Rava, Ahadar Uvda, Lamari. You actually, I, you, that was a mistake. You actually have to go ahead and give back that money to that guy. He was not liable. If a Jew was forced, coerced by idol worshippers, and because of that he showed his friend's money to them, Pater, he's exempt. Now, but the Bryson does say that if he went and he took it with his hand and gave it to the non-Jews himself, then he's going to be liable because then that's what's called the halacha of being matzlo atzma b'mom chavere. The person is not allowed to save himself with his friend's money. And if he does, he's going to be liable for that. So therefore he says, you made a mistake. Because since he didn't touch it, he just showed it to them, he's actually exempt. That's different than the halacha of our Mishnah where they wanted his stuff and then he showed his friend's stuff with it. And then because of that, they went and took it. Then he's liable, as a Mishnah says, But if they wanted this guy's stuff and he showed it to them, then he's actually going to be part of Only if he went and took it with his hands that he would be chayv. Now, Amar Rabbah, moreover, he says, He says, but let's say this Jew showed it to the non-Jews by himself, without being forced by them. Then that's and then that's like actively taking this other person's things by the hand and giving it to them, which is forbidden, and then he would be liable. It's only when they force him, show us this guy's stuff, and he does, that then he's going to be part Another incident, there was a certain person that was coerced by idol worshippers. He showed them the donkey of Rav Mori, the son of Rav Pinchas, who is the son of Rav Chizda. So moreover, Amrle, they said to this guy who they were forcing to show him this guy's donkey, pick up this donkey and bring it with us to the, to the house of the king where we're taking it to. So Dar he went and took up the donkey, and he actually, not only did he show it to them, he went and he brought it, the donkey, to the, with them to the king. So Asla coming to Ravashi, this guy came from the Ravashi, for, you know, regarding what he had done, and Patrino, he exempted him. So Amalei Rabban Ravashi, the rabbi said to Ravashi, but Vatani learned the price that we just quoted before, that says, that even if you were forced to, where we said generally you're exempt, if you show it to them, but if you pick it up with your hands, then you're chayiv, here this guy did it with his hands. So Amalei's Rav Ashi said to them, Hani Mili, when did we say that if he's Nasa Menasa Miyad, that he's Chayev? That's Heichad Ukmei. That's only where the, the, uh, the idol worshippers, the non-Jews themselves, were not Ilovei, were not on the money, Me'ikara, in the beginning, 
through the forcing of the Jew, rather the Jew went by himself, and he went, and meaning by, he was being forced, and, but he went by himself to go ahead and give it to them. Now, but here it was different, because where he takes them to where the donkey was, they were there ready. He showed them, and they're there, then Then it's like it's burnt already. In other words, from that moment on, that for the moment itself, that he shows it to them, and he brings them, and he points, here's the donkey. So that is what we said in the bride. So he's potter, because he didn't pick it up with his hands. Now afterwards, like in this case, where he then picks it up with his hands, that's already was already theirs, because they already saw it. This that he's chayv, if he's nasam nasam biyad, is if they say, give us this guy's donkey. Now, he doesn't just show it to them. He goes and he takes the donkey, gives it to them, then he's chayv. But here where he shows it to them, and here they are standing over it, it's like theirs already, because... If, and well, for that, as we said, he's potter. And then afterwards, it's like theirs, and therefore, even if he gives them by hand, he's going to be potter. Now, however, Eisver Bavol Ravashim. Bavol asked Ravashim the following Brisa. Brisa says, Omale Anas, if a, a non Jewish uh, extortionist comes and tells to the Jew, Pass me this pile of straw, which is someone else's stuff, or this cluster of grapes. And he stretches it out to him. Says the Brisa Chayiv, he's liable now. Although we're obviously, if he's saying Ze, this, the non Jew is standing over the money itself. But yet still we see that if he's Nasab, Nasab Yad, if he gives them my hand, he's going to be Chayiv. That contradicts what Ravashi just said. He said, no, if the non Jew is there, so it's like his already. So then if he tells him to give it to him and he gives them my hand, then he's going to be Potter. Here we see he's going to be Chayiv. So answers the Ravashi, Hacham Ayskin, what are we talking about behind this Brisa? He's going to be Chayiv. Is going to Koi betray Avri Naharo where it's on two different sides of the river. In other words, yes, the non-Jew is there and he sees it and he says, give me this, but he's on the other side of the river. And the other side is where the pile of the straw was. And therefore, if the Jew had, would not have given it to him with his hand, then the, 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 the extortioners would not have been able to get it at all. That is a liability of actually giving. The giving here is integral. When the non-Jew is standing over it and they say, okay, you take the donkey. It's not integral because they could take it themselves. He really showed it to them. That's why Ravashi's case, he said, it was potter. Here, where even though the Gnanju is standing over and can point to it and say this, he's going to be chayim because the, the handing over is integral because he can't have taken it himself. He was on the other side of the river. And actually, says the Gemara, Dekinami, actually the inference of the words of the Brites itself are precisely the way we're answering because the Gitani Haishit says that if he stretches it out, but like Tony Ten doesn't say if he gives it to him. Shmama no, we can infer from that is that the integral part is stretching it out because it couldn't reach it over the river. Giving would be have just saying, okay, you give it, but it wouldn't have been the integral part of stretching it out. That's exactly as we said, and that's what he's going to be chayv. Another incident. There was a certain uh, trap that was used to catch fish or animals that two people were fighting over. This guy says, it's mine. This guy said, no, it's mine. So Azal Khadminai, one of them went. One of them gave it over to, to the police officer, gave it over to the governmental officer. He says, you know what? You're saying it's yours, I'm saying it's mine. You know, I'm not going to let you get it, and I'll lose too. He gave it over to the officer. So Amabaya, Abaya says, so this guy who gave it over to the officer could say, I'm not a moisture, I didn't inform on you, I didn't give away your stuff. I could say, I gave my stuff to the officer, I'm allowed to do that. Because I claim it's mine. Now, I'm like, Rabbi, Rabbi said, What? This guy, what, where does he have the right to say that? How do we know that it's his? Elama Rabbi, rather, Rabbi says, No. We excommunicate him. Until he brings it back, and then 
takes it to court, and then we'll decide who it is. And that is, even though may possibly the halacha would be in certain situations, it's not clear of called the Gevar, but in this case, if you give it over to the officer, we don't know that you're doing the truth. So the contrary, you would have to get it back, bring it to the Jewish courts, and then we'll decide whose it is, and then we'll see who, who it rightfully belongs to. Another incident, There was a certain person that wanted to show, inform, on his friend's pile of straw. So Asa came the Rav, he came for the Rav, says, you know, I want to be able to tell the government about this. Amalei says, no, don't show and don't show. Amalei said, the guy said, no, I'm going to show and I'm going to show. So Yastra Rav Kahana came the Rav, Rav Kahana was sitting in front of Rav. He went and he dislocated a part of his neck. In other words, he broke the spine by the area of his neck. So Rav said regarding what Rav Kahana had done, a pasig in Yeshaya. says, ufu, your sons are, are, are faint. They're laying there at the entryway of all the, of all the gates, of all the streets. Kesai, like this wild animal, which is known as the Shahabar, which is the wild ox, is michmer in the net, in the trap. What does that mean? Matoizeh, just like this wild ox. Once he falls into the trap, they have no mercy on him. Afmamachal Yisrael, so to regard the Jewish people and their money. Once they fall into the hands of the non-Jews, they have no mercy on the Jewish person. And therefore, what Rav, what Rav was saying to Rav Kahana, it's very good what you did that you killed this person. Because the moment this guy is going to be in, under the scrutiny of the government for his straw that he's being informed on, they're going to have no mercy on him, and therefore it's a situation of dire straits. And therefore it's good that you killed this person who is trying to inform on his Jewish friend. Now, however, Amalei Rabbi, Rav said to Rav Kahana, Kahana, Adna idna have a Up until now, the leaders of us here in Bavel were Persians. They weren't so particular about murder. But now it's the Greeks. The They're very particular about murder. They're going to say, Maradin, Maradin. We have a murderer, a murderer over here because he killed this individual. So come, Sokla'ar, the Yisrael, go ahead and flee to Eretz Yisrael. But I want you to accept upon yourself Rabbi Yechonon is the leader in Eretz Yisrael. You're going to go to his share. I want you to tell me that you're not going to ask him questions for the first seven years. Now, when he went up to Eretz Yisrael, he encountered Rishlokish, the Yosef that was sitting that was concluding the teaching that was taught that day to the rabbis. In other words, he was doing what's called Chazar Sashi, he was reviewing what Rabbi Yechon had lectured that day, because Rishlokish was a great wise person. And after everyone had heard it from the Rebbe, from Rabbi Yechonon, then he went back and he reviewed it with them to make sure that they fully understood what the Rebbe Rabbi Yechonon was teaching. Now, Amalahu, now Rav Kahana said to the people, Rishlokish Heich, where is Rishlokish? So Amalahu, they said to him, Amai, why do you want to know? So Amalahu, he says, because Haikusha, Haikusha, meaning he heard part of this shit Rabbi Yechonon given, he says, I have this question and that question, Vahaypruk, Vahaypruk, I have this answer and that answer. So Amalahu, Rishlokish, they went and told Rishlokish what, what this individual had said. So Adzer Shlokish went and Amalei Rabbi Yechonon, he said to Rabbi Yechonon, he says, Ari Olamei Bavel, there's a lion that came up from Bavel. La'ayin mar, b'mesifte let the master really look into his shir that he's going to give tomorrow because get ready, this guy's going to have questions and answers, he's going to, he's full force. Now, l'machar, a'isfu b'dara kama kamed Rabbi Yechonon. The next day, they placed Rav Kahan in the front row in Rabbi Yechonon's shir. Because there were seven rows of students sitting one in front of the other, and the greater the student, the f- more higher, the, the, the closer the row was in front of Rabbi Yechidon. 
So Yechonah said over teaching, Rav Khan didn't ask anything. Shmaitza Vlaakshi said over another teaching, didn't ask anything. So they put him in back of the seven rows, until he was sitting in the last row in the back, because this guy doesn't know. He has, he's not asking any questions, not giving any answers. So Amalei B'yechonah Rav Shem Lakish, Rav said to Rish Lakish, Arisha Marta, Nasr this line that you were talking about became a fox. Here he is, he doesn't really, doesn't know anything. So Amr of Kana said, when he heard this, he says, Yehirava, Tahani Shabadari, let it be the will that these seven rows that I was embarrassed after going to back of the seven rows, Lahavachilov Shvashnin Domali Rav, should be the exchange of the seven years that Rav told me that I shouldn't talk for seven years. Let these seven rows that was put back be in place of that. And Kamakari got up on his feet, Amalese, he said to Rabbiechanan, Nahadir Marbaresha, okay, let the master go ahead and start over from the beginning. Now let's do it the right way. He said over a teaching, and he asked him on it. So so they took him up to the front row. Rabbi Yechon said over another teaching, and he asked him again. Now, Rabbi Yechon was sitting on, on a chair that was on seven steps, on seven levels. So, so when he had asked him the next question, which they had already brought him to the front row from the previous question, so every time he asked him a question, they took Rabbi Yechon down a level. So he said over teaching, and again, Rav Kana asked him on it. Until they had already taken all the levels out from underneath Rabbi Yechanan, until he was sitting on the floor. Now, Rabbi Yechanan was very elderly at that time. And his eyebrows were very long, which had covered over his eyes. So he said to the people around him, Lift up my eyes. I mean, I was pick up my eyebrows that I could. I want to be able to see this individual. So So they lifted up with this type of a tweezer made out of silver to lift up his eyebrows. So he saw that Rav Kana's lips were were split, which they were they were open, which his lips were split because of a of a wound that he had, a blow that he had. But he thought that he was laughing at him because he saw that split and looked like he was like laughing. So so Rabbi Yechanan was felt his heart and we're, here he is, he's the, the great Rosh Hashiva and here this newcomer comes and asks on him and asks him and here he is, he's down on the floor and then he sees he's laughing at him. So he felt his heart and because of that Rav Kanda passed away. The next day Rabbi Yechanan said to the rabbis, he says, Do you see this Babylonian, what he did to me? He asked me a question and he laughs at me. So I believe they said to him, No, Darche Hachi, this is his way. In other words, he wasn't laughing at you. That's the way his face looks. His lips are split because of this maka. So Alagabi Ma'artas, Rabbi Yechna went to the cave where Rivkana was buried. Chazadahava, he saw that, as we continue to Tamad that Hadrule Achna, that there was a large snake that made himself in like a circle and he surrounded himself around the cave. And he put his tail into his mouth, so like surrounding it into this one lock where no one could come into the cave. So Malay Rabbi Yechonin said to him, Achna, achna, psach pumech, snake, scorpion, and scorpion, open up your mouth. In other words, open up your entryway so that you let your tail out of your mouth, which will then make room so that it could come into the cave. And the Yikonisarab Yitzel Talmud, let the teacher come to the student. Malay Pasach, the snake didn't open up. Yikonisarab Yitzel Chavri says, okay, let the Kali come to the Kali. Malay Pasach, it didn't open up. Says you can't tell me Rav. Let the student, me Rabbi Yechonah, come into the teacher Rav Kahana at Pasachle. Then he opened up for him. 
So Boy Rachmi Bukmisrabirkan went in and he beseeched mercy and he lifted him up from the dead. So Amalei, so Rechlin said to him, I have you done the dark the marhach. If I would have known that this is how the master's lips always look, Lakhalsudaiti, I would not have been disheartened. Now Hashtalaysimar by them, but at least now let the master come back with me. So Amalei of Khanna said to him, Look, if you could beseech mercy, that I shouldn't pass away anymore if I'm going to ask you questions again, then I'll go with you and I'll stay with you in the Bisham Medrash. But if not, if you can't make sure that again, this is not going to happen again, then I'm not going to go. Because since the time has passed, in other words, a miracle happened and you took me, you revived me from the dead. So it has passed. And I'm not going to want to go with you again because maybe again you're going to get angry at me. And then I'm going to die again. Rather, I'm going to go home now alive. I'm not going to stay with you anymore because maybe I'm going to die another death. Now, but Tyre, Rabbi Yechanan woke him up from his sleep, meaning to revive him. And Ukmehi stood him up. Shaile Kosveka the Havale, Rabbi Yechanan asked him all the doubts and learning that he had. Upashtininale and Rav Khan resolved all his questions. Now, this what Rebbe says, which is mentioned other times in Shas, like Masech Sukkah, that he said, Dilchein Ami, he says that I thought to say that the Torah is yours, meaning where he was in Eretz Yisrael, which was from the students in Eretz Yisrael. But he says, really, Dilchein, really it's from those of the people of Bavl, like he saw how great Rav Kahana was, who was from Bavl. Continuing with another illustration with the halachas of a miser, of an informer, Hahuda Achve Amitachsed Rebbe there was a certain individual that pointed out to the government, to the people that was taking away stuff regarding this silk ornament of Rebbe. Now, yes, Rebbe Vo, Rebbe Chanin, Rebbe Papi, Rebbe Yitzchanafcha, these three judges were sitting. But yes, Rebbe Lo, Gabai, and Rebbe Lo was sitting next to them. So Rebbe came to them and told them what happened. He thought to make this individual liable. From this, they would learn the Mishnah Mishnah's Bechayris. The Mishnah says, Danes Adin, if someone judges a court case, and Zika is a chayif, Someone that's really liable, he makes him meritorious, or v'chayv azazake, someone that really should be meritorious, he makes him liable, or times atar, someone that should really be tar, he makes it tame, or v'tiyas atame, or someone that should really be tame, he makes it tar. Says the Mishnah, masha asa asu, what he has done is done, the, the verdict is, is going to stay, but vishami beisai, because of the loss that he caused, he has to pay, the judge has to pay from his own pocket, from his house. Now, what you see from this Mishnah, seemingly, is that one could be liable just for words that he said, which, because all the judge did was words, but yet, because of that, the people then followed through, which was wrong, and thus causing liabilities, and we see he has to pay, so to an informer, that just by saying where this guy's stuff are, he should be chayv. Now, Amalei Rebilah, Rebilah, who is sitting there, said to them, but hachim Rav, this is what Rav said, that he explains regarding all these halachas of that Mishnah Sechtes B'chayris, is only v'hushah nasa v'nasa biyat. It's that actively, the judge did all these different things. As elsewhere, um, we explain regarding what he does, like Times Etar, is that he actually went and made parasherets on top of what was tar. Since he did it actively, that's why he's going to be chayv. But with words itself, not necessarily would it be chayv. So Amri Leis, the judge said to Rababa, Okay, we can't find a source that this guy is going to be liable to have to compensate you. But Zilagabid Rib Shimon ben Yakum Ribalazim and Padas, the Daini Dina Digami that they judge laws of indirect cause. And Azlagabai Srababa went to them. And Chayev Chayev so they made that other individual liable from the Allah of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said in Mahmasagazan, if these these Matsikin, these Masikin came and took away this guy's field because of the robber. So then that robber has to compensate the owner another field. 
Now, as we explained on the previous stuff, we explained that Ach V'Echvui doesn't mean a real robber that stole someone else's field. It means he just showed the Matzikin this guy's field, and it was because of him that that guy's field was stolen. That is, again, when the person is going to be liable as a Meisra, as an informer, and therefore he would be Chayv, again, because of the Halacha of Dinah Degarmi. Another halacha and another illustration of this halacha, Ugavro de Havamafkid Le Kasa de Kaspa. There was a certain individual that had a deposit, someone deposited with him a silver cup. Sleeky Ganvi Thieves came to steal from this guy. So Shakla, he took the silver cup, and Yahavalu, he gave it to them. So, like, to appease them, like, you know, here, steal from me, take the silver cup. So Asla Kamidi Rabba Patri. He said, this guy came in from the Rabba to see if he's liable, and he said, he's exempt. So Amalia Abaya Abaya asked to Rabbi, he says, This is the halacha where if someone saves himself with someone else's money, that he's liable. So why are you saying he's exempt? Because because he gave someone else this guy's silver cup, it saved him from other types of, of liabilities. Now, Ella Ravashi, rather Ravashi says, he says, you're right, it depends. Chazina we see. If this guy who the thieves came to is a wealthy guy, so why are they coming to rob this guy's house? Because they know there's a lot of money over there. Then, if he gives them the silver cup, yeah, he's saving himself from all his laws by giving someone else's money away, and then, therefore he'll be chayv. But if he lie, but if he's not, if he's a poor guy, a day to the chaspa, so why are they coming to his house? Why, who's coming to this, this, this shanty, this, this little shack? It must be because they knew that he had that guy's silver cup, and that's what they're coming for, and that's why he's potter. Because they're not, they, he wasn't saving himself, f- to the contrary, for himself they wouldn't have came. They were coming for that guy's silver cup, and therefore in such a case, he's going to be potter. Another similar type of an incident where there was a certain person that was deposited with him, uh, the purse of monies that were set aside to redeem the captives. Now, thieves came to this guy. Shakla, he took that whole purse, and Yehavanale, he gave it to them. So Asli Kamei and the Gears is the Rabbah, and Patra came in from the Rabbah, and Rabbah exempted him. So I'm like, Abaya, again, Abaya asked him, but Vamatl this guy saved himself from his own loss. They didn't come to his vault with the other people's money by giving Tzedakah money away. So why should that be exempted? So Rabbah said to him, There's no greater redemption of captives than in this situation where he would have been the captive. They would have done stuff to him. So yes, he's giving that Pidyan Shvu money to save himself. So that's not a problem of saving himself with other people's money because that's what the Pidyan Shvu money is meant for. Now, Tesla points out, although that it sounds like then that he's a wealthy person, because if he wasn't wealthy, then why do you have to say that it's because of Pidyan Shvuim? Just say because they're coming because of that person and not for himself. But still, Tesla says, since at that moment, although, yes, this person was wealthy, but he didn't have money at that time, so therefore it's considered pidgin shvuim because or else they would have done stuff to him if he wouldn't have gave them something. So therefore that's included in pidgin shvuim and that's why he's exempt. Another incident, there was a certain person that went first and brought his donkey onto the ship that takes people, ferries them over the river. And he did this, he brought his donkey on the ferry before other people got onto the ship, onto the ferry. So, Bayi, the donkey, wanted La'advuye to, to drown the ferry because it was, it was, he was making too much of a, of a ruckus and he was pushing the boat over. It was going to sink everybody. So, Asahu Gavra, a certain person that came along, he came and he pushed over this guy's donkey and he threw it into the river and the donkey drowned. So Asli Kamei Rabo Patre. So this guy who had done this came in from the Rabbah and he exempted him. 
So Amalei Abaye, and again Abaye asked them, but what do you mean? Here is a situation where they're saving themselves. Yes, the donkey was going to drown them, but he's saving himself by, by, through someone else's money, by throwing this guy's donkey overboard, and then he should be chayef. So Amalei, so no, Rabbi said to him, no, hi, here the owner of the donkey, me'ikara roidifava, from the inception, he was what's called a raidif. He was a pursuer to kill these people on the boat. Because bringing a donkey on a ferry is liable to kill everybody. So he was, in the, from the beginning that he brought his donkey on first, he was a raidif. Now, Rabbi Lechtamei, the Gemara says, he's going according to his opinion mentioned elsewhere, the Amar Rabbi, the Rabbi says as follows, Raidif, shayi raidif ha-chaver lahargar, a pursuer who, who is pursuing to kill someone else. Veshibres ha-kelem, and as he's trying to kill this guy, he breaks... Utensils. Now, says Rabbi, whether he broke the guy who he's pursuing is Kalem, or whether he broke anybody's stuff, he shattered windows, he's trying to kill this guy. Actually, Allah is Potter. He's exempt from compensating them. Why? Because this guy, the attempted murderer, at the moment that he's trying to kill someone else, he's liable for the death penalty when he's chasing someone else, even if. He doesn't kill that person because there's a Gemara teaching in Barak ben Sarah that says that there are certain individuals that you're allowed to kill them when they're pursuing you and therefore it comes out that at that moment he's liable for the death penalty because people could kill him to save the guy that he's pursuing and therefore you're getting the liability for the monetary which is breaking someone else's stuff at the same time that, he's gonna ha- that he has a chiv misa because people kill him at that time. So that's the halachic principle that we say of Kim Lebiramine, that you only get the greater of the two punishments, which is a death penalty. So even if he doesn't end up getting killed, but since at that moment he could have been killed, and at that moment when he's high for the money, he's actually exempt for the money. That's one halacha. Now, the one halacha that we wanted to say is Rabbah Lashitasa is the next halacha. The near death, now a guy who's getting pursued, he's trying to get away, there's a murderer trying to kill him. If he breaks the utensils of the murderer, the attempted murderer, then Patu is exempt. Why? Because the person's money shouldn't be more dear than the body of the murder of the attempted murderer himself. Because Allah is that the guy who's being pursued by a murderer is allowed to kill the attempted murderer. As the Pasuk says, it talks about that if a thief is found digging his way into someone else's house, the terror says, if he's coming to kill you, you get up and kill him first. So if you're allowed to kill his body, you're definitely allowed to break his stuff. So that's again Rabbi Lishitasi that said that this guy who brought on his donkey onto the boat, he was attempting to kill, to kill all these people through his donkey. So therefore, you're allowed to save yourself by killing the attempted murderer. For sure, you're allowed to save yourself by ruining his money, which was the donkey that they threw overboard. Now, continues the Bryce, however, continues Rabbah, Avol shall call Adam Chayef, a guy who is being chased by a murderer, if he then saves himself by breaking someone else's stuff, then he's going to be liable because that's the Allah of the Asl Now let's save yourself by using and destroying other people's monies, and therefore if he does, he's going to be Chayef in that case. Now, more of us says, Rabbah, if there was a pursuer who is pursuing a pursuer, in other words, if someone was trying to kill someone else, and this guy is trying to kill the attempted murderer, Vishavah came and on his way, he's racing over with his car, to, this is Chaverim, he's trying to save the, the guy by killing the murderer, and he broke someone else's stuff, then Bain Shalner Dev Bain Shalkaladim, whether if it was, if he ruined the pursued guy's stuff, or even other people's stuff, says Rabbi Potter, this guy was trying to save the guy by killing the murderer, is exempt. Now, says Rabbi, but Voloimina didn't. 
this is actually not according to the basic law, because halacha is, if someone saves himself with someone else's money, he's chayiv, for sure if he's trying to save just someone else, not even his own life, with someone else's money, for sure he would be chayiv. But the reason why he's exempt is because if you don't say this, that we have to exempt people that come to help other people. And through that, they end up damaging other people. If you say that they're going to be chayiv, in the right of no one's going to come to save other people from who's being pursued by murders. Because what I mean, I'm going to have to chase over them, I'm going to ruin, I'm going to crash into people, whatever it is, I'm going to be liable, I'm not going to do it. So therefore, we had to be misakin that they're going to be potter. But again, the primary thing that we learned from this halacha was Rabbi Lishitasa, where yes, although you're not allowed to save yourself with someone else's money, and you'd be chayiv, but here when he threw over this guy's donkey overboard, it was because the guy who brought the donkey, it was a raidif, because he's attempting to kill people by having his donkey on board, and therefore, there you're allowed to save yourself with the moment of the, nirda, of the raidif, because you could even save yourself with the life of the raidif, for sure, the money of the raidif. Now the next Mishnah continues with on the same halacha of the previous Mishnah, which was talking about somebody steals someone else's field. So on that, the Mishnah says, let's say where we said this halacha where he could say, here, take your field. Now, let's say this field that he stole from someone else, which basically means to say he just took it over, if it was at the edge of the river, and it happened to be that the tide was, was high, and it came and it flooded throughout the field, and ruined the whole field, Says the Mishnah, he could still tell the owner, here, behold, this is your thing in front of you. Here, go ahead and take your field. This is, this is what your field always was. I'm not, not chayiv for the field because you can't really steal a field. And therefore, he never really took it away from him. So you could say, it's, 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 it's like I never stole it. And go ahead, and although now it's totally ruined, while I was in possession of it, still he could tell him to take it back. And he doesn't have to compensate him for that loss. Now actually, the Gemara brings Tarabah and the Bryce actually says Machloikis says Halach of our Mishnah. The Bryce says Hagizul Sodom Echaveir. If someone steals a field from his friend, Veshat Venar, and during that time the flood, the the, the field gets flooded. Chayiv Lahamet Leisoda Acher. The Rebbe disagrees with the Halach of our Mishnah. He holds that the Gazlan that the Ganav is going to be the Gazlan will be Chayiv to compensate the other person for his field. The Chacham Aimer he says no. Aimer La Rishal Chalavenech. He says no. Behold, this is your field. Take it. Now so ask the Gemara. But regarding what are they disagreeing about? So the Gemara explains that they dispute regarding how to interpret parashas in the Torah if it's what's called riba mir riboy or klal prat or klal, which we mentioned many times in Shas. We delved into that in Perik Meruba. So riba mir and and riboy is generally a more inclusive type of interpretation in contrast to klal prat or klal, and that's going to be based on that the, the differences of how you darshan the Torah about how it's going to come out regarding the theft of land if it's considered as if you stole and liable or not. So they're going to tell us Rebbe Lazar darish ribui He expounds the Torah with inclusionary terms in exclusionary terms. Now the pasuk that they're expounding over here, the parashas over here, is in Vayikra, which talks about two different related things, which is regarding a, a robber, and also regarding a, a, a related type of a robber, which a guy who doesn't actually steal, but he's a shamer, he's a watchman who swears falsely, and he's being toying tainas ganav. He was claiming that a stolen thing, which again, as we said previous davim, had the same type of halacha as a ganav himself. So it says over there, if he denies his friend regarding his claim, which again is toying tainas ganav, which again is the same halacha that the Torah mixes over there regarding a ganav himself. So that's a reboot, that's an inclusionary term. It sounds like whatever it is that he's denying is this halacha that he's liable for. Now, but when it says it, then that what he's denying regarding is regarding a deposit, well then, that's an exclusionary term. It has to be something that you could deposit by someone else. 
Then when it says, or from Kalashi Yeshava Lav Lashekar, or regarding anything that he'll swear falsely to him, again, Chazariba, that's going back and it's an inclusionary term. It sounds like anything that he swears falsely to him, that it'll be Chayiv for the Geneva. So you have a Riba, Umiyut, Veriba. You have an inclusionary term, an exclusionary term, an inclusionary term. So Riba Hakol, that's really including everything. Oh my Rabbi, what does it mean? What are we including? So Rabbi Kamila, we're really including everything, meaning even land would be included in the Salacha of, let's say, when it was a deposit, that you would have to take an oath called Shavu Sapikadin, and regarding if it was stolen, to have the Halacha of returning the, the theft and having all the related Halachas. Now, Umay Miyut, so then what's being excluded? What's that exclusionary term of Pikadin excluding? So Miyut Shtaris, it excludes only the most distantly related, the most that's on the peripheral, which it excludes documents because the documents is the most dissimilar to a pekadin because it's not intrinsically worth anything because all it is really a paper. It's just it's a proof of something, but it's not actually worth anything itself in contrast to land, which is at least worth money. Deposit, it's an object that has worth value. So documents is the most unrelated. That's what's being excluded from the halacha of Shavuot Pekadin and of the halacha of Gizela. Now, Rabbanan, however, Darshi Klali Uprati, they expound it not as Riba Mit Riba, but actually as, inclu- in, as general and specific. So, Vechichesh, when it says he denies, that's a class, a general statement. Bipikadin, a deposit, that's, prat, that's a specific. Oimikal, or from anything, that's Chazavakal, that goes back and says again a general statement. So that's what we call Klal Prat, Klal. General, specific, and general. So that's the Allah of Iyatadan El Prat, that you can only judge it according to the specific that whatever shares those characteristics will be included in this halacha. Now, what does that tell us? Just like the specific of a deposit is something that could be movable, and it also has intrinsic worth. Also anything which is movable and has intrinsic worth. So, that's why the Chacham, who is the Tanah Mishnah, excludes land, because it's not movable. Yatsa Avodmer excludes slaves, which from a Pasuk Vesnachaltem, is compared to land, and therefore if land is excluded, so do slaves are excluded. And Yatsa Shtaris, it also excludes documents, because even though that is movable, but in Gufamamon, but it doesn't have intrinsic worth. So again, that's what their Machlik is, is based on regarding, do we say that there's a halacha of theft regarding land, to say that if now it gets flooded, where you already stole it, now you have to give back what it was worth originally, that would be dependent on this Machlikish Rebelaz Nechacham, how do we dash in the Torah? Rebelaz says, we say, Reba mit Reba, therefore, Karka is included, and therefore, since you stole it, you would have to give back as it was worth originally, and you're liable for the fact that it was flooded now during the Gizela. Whereas Nechacham say, no, you can't really steal it, it's not included in the halacha of these parishes of liability, and therefore, you're going to be exempt, you could say, Arisha Chalafanacha. Now, However, says the Gemara, and this that we learned in the Brisa, this seems to contradict what we're interpreting, because the Brisa says, Someone steals a cow, not land, a cow, and the river floods and destroys the cow. He has to go ahead and give him a different cow. That's the river Lazar. They say, no, you could say that, no, here, take your cow as it is, meaning even though it was flooded and ruined, but we're not liable. So what are they disagreeing about over there? There, it's a cow. It's Dava Metaltal, it's Kufi Mamen. Why would the Chacham say over there that you're not liable? Why would they say, if we just said the whole reason why they exempt is only because Karak is excluded, but Par shouldn't be excluded. So Amra Papa, he says, what are we talking about over there in that b'risa? It is exactly the same as the previous b'risa. Because it's talking about where a guy stole his friend's field. Now, and as we can tell in the time of Kofi Tchazman Alf, 
on the field there was a cow laying over there. Now, and then Vishat Fenar, and then the river came and flooded and ruined the field and also dragged away the cow with it. Now, but the thief never had done Meshicha, never did a kinyan on the cow itself, and to the contrary, it would actually have the same halacha as the land. Now, therefore, the Rebbe Yezel Tamer, let's go according to his opinion, that he says that a field could be stolen. So therefore, you acquired the cow with the field, which was what's called Kinyan Agav. When you acquire a field, you acquire all the movable items on that too. So therefore, just like he said, you could steal a field and you're chai for the field. So you'd be chai for the cow with it. That's why he said you're chai. But Rabban, the Tamai, Rabban, according to their opinion, that they hold that no, he didn't acquire the field because he can't steal a field. And therefore, since he never did a kinyan on the cow, he didn't acquire the cow through the field. And again, that's why they hold that. In that case, you're going to be a potter. Of course, a cow you'd be chayv. But the cow was only through the field, and they hold that you're, you're not chayv of the field. And therefore, you, since you didn't acquire the field, you didn't acquire the cow with that. And again, that's their machlekes regarding riba meat or riba or klal par the klal regarding what is included in the halacha of the parsha of Gizela. Is it only excluding Shtaris, like Rabbi Laza said, or is it even excluding also Karka and Avadim?